0: Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. We are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP channel only. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I wanted to do this podcast was because I wanted to take that pain away from some of the new guys. Visiting a lot of these events, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues.
1: My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a man service provider. We started in 2005. I started with three employees and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way.
2: My name is Joe Yusia. I'm the CEO for Infinity IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're an MSP. We're currently about a dozen employees. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on how to overcome issues. I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago. I hope that you get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Follow, like and
0: subscribe at itforwhiskey.com
1: Welcome back to the next episode of IT for Whiskey. Hanging out with Joe and Myron. We're only a few in this time. That's <laughs> a good thing. Only a few. <laughs> it's gonna be the best episode yet
2: couple hours in precursor to the episode and here we are and we have a great topic that i think everyone's gonna really enjoy today that may change how you do business
0: mark credit cards ach who uses them who doesn't who accepts them for a long long time we didn't because we didn't want to pay the fees especially on the credit card how about you guys do you take credit cards
1: I take all major credit cards, and our credit card processor currently is authorized.net. That's who we sync up with.
0: And how do you offset the cost of the percentage?
2: I don't. Why worry about that? I did this course about five years ago. It was not about IT. It was just about business in general. And basically, the guy explained the value of turning money. And the justification for credit cards is how fast you can turn money. So here's the example he gave. A dollar you bill a customer a dollar, it takes them 45 days to pay. You're out that buck, you probably paid 80 cents for it. And it takes you 45 days to collect it. You can't do anything at that point, stalemate. Whereas a buck, you pay 80 cents for it, but you've collected a dollar upfront, you've got 30 days to pay for it. So now you're in positive cash flow. You can take that dollar and in that 45 days, let's say you bill them on the day of, you can do that 45 times. So that 20 cents profit now becomes 20 cents times 45 days. That's best case scenario and unrealistic. But let's say you do it five times. So you've taken that 80 cent cost and you've made that 20 cents that you were going to make on it five times. So you've doubled your money in that month versus getting killed. Joe, I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. I want you to take what
1: you've done, double it, and then cut it in half. <laughs> but I, I understand where you're going with it. I understand where you're going with it.
2: The point is this. If you're able to do it twice instead of just once in 45 days, you've made twice the profit. So is 2% really something you need to be concerned with? I have not looked back since I've done it. We recently made a change, a financial change in our company in the sense that when we invoice our customers, we no longer say net 30. Everything's due on receipt. you know why? They're still going to pay in that 30. They're not going to change how they pay, but at least you have recourse when you go to collect. So even if you're going to give customers net 30 terms, we always say do on receipt. Hardware, software, services, doesn't matter. If they have a pre-authorized payment with us, this is the other thing about pads and ACH. We bill it on, let's say, the first of the month. We collect it on the 15th of the month. And I have to pay out on the 30th to our suppliers.
0: I agree. Like I said at the beginning, we dragged... For a long, long time because we were afraid of the 2%, but at the end of the day, getting that credit card processing, getting that money back in the company a couple of days later it has been a relief. Not only that, but if you are needing to fund a loan, you do a merchant finance, that's a way for you to get access to some financing at a very low rate without having to put out any assets or anything like that. So let's say you're running $50,000 a month on credit cards. Well, guess what? You can probably get a loan up to two times what you do in one month and break that loan into 12 months or whatever the case is in payments. Not only is the 2% getting you the money up front, but it also gives you access to cash on a need for cash.
2: Do you want to explain that a little more? Go into detail about what that is and how it works and how you get that money because this is news to me.
0: Merchant loans, the way that they work, American Express does it for you. You go to American Express Merchant Services and you say, I need a loan. And they calculate how much you process in the last three months in credit cards. They'll provide you a loan based on the credit card processing that you're doing. It takes 24 hours to get the money in the bank.
2: And what do they charge? Fees, interest, whatever?
0: Like a standard loan. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. They know that you're processing those credit cards. They can always hold those payments.
2: Ah, uh, that's, that's brilliant. I have never heard of this before.
0: When we were four or five years old, that was our first loan that we did. And it was great because it also created credit for the business when we didn't have a business credit. I remember it was like $60,000, 50000 that we got for merchant services, and it was fantastic. I think the first one was a six month. And then we went back and got a second loan, which was like double the size because now we had some credit worthiness and they gave us double the amount and they gave us a whole year to pay for it. What they do is that they take it right out of your credit card processing. No, not on your credit card processing. But what I recommend that if you're processing credit cards, you process that in a separate account, not in your operating account. That way you can easily see the transactions and balance the transactions from your merchant on that account and then move money back and forth. I also recommend for those that are starting, move your payroll into a payroll account because we had a client of ours had an issue where an employee processed $70,000 more on a payroll. That hit an account that didn't have any money in there, only had what it was supposed to be for payroll. So it didn't affect their operating. You want to segment those things out.
2: For our Canadian listeners, we use Telpay, and it protects us against that.
0: How does it protect you?
2: Before payroll actually hits our account, we have it set up in each two approvers. And the approvals are on my phone, I get an email, I see the summary, and then I hit a link, it opens up Chrome on my iPhone, done. And then it goes to the next approver, which is my partner. He does the same thing, and then it's over. In order for payroll to go through, it is literally a one or two second thing. I just glance, look, but it breaks it down by employee, what they're getting paid, how much, et cetera. So I'll catch things. So it gets to a point that over time, you kind of retain this employee makes this much, this employee makes this much. But it makes total sense because my fear of what you're saying from your structure, it's a risk versus reward kind of thing. It's like insurance. How many bank fees do you want to pay to protect yourself? We all know every time you open a different account for a company, you're paying fees, especially in the beginning days of a company, like you're a small MSP, three, five users. Every time you open an account, you may not have 10 grand in your account. So they're going to charge you fees.
0: I think here the banks are pretty good about giving either free or very, very low banking fees to a business. They're actually not bad right now.
2: For some companies, you've got four accounts, that's $75, that's three and change a month, that's four grand a year. You start looking at that going, do I need to be spending four grand on bank fees? Again, risk versus reward.
0: You can find banks out there that'll give you good business terms in the sense that they're not going to charge you for an account, even if you have a very low balance, maybe $500 minimum. You might want to work with a small bank, it's totally up to every business. The small bank will also have less red tape in terms of underwriting and getting things approved when you're looking at trying to grow the business. You want to work with a local, maybe even a credit union or something like that. And they're usually less expensive than, say, a National Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. Going back to the credit cards and the 2% fee, being able to get that money in the bank account two, three days later is absolutely you know, critical I'm going I'm going to take growth. this on
2: a slight tangent and circle it back. Think of it this way. If you go to distribution, let's say they only give you $25,000 line start, right? They say, okay, we'll give you 25K net 30. And you show them I can pay a net 15 versus net 45. They're going to feel more comfortable with you and they're going to slowly increase it next thing you got 65 75 100k 200k and it goes bigger and bigger and bigger until you start burning them and then they cut it back that credit card fee that you're talking about my earn that two three percent which by the way if you shop it hard enough you can use things like square you can use things like authorized.net you don't have to go to the big guys and pay the premiums if you're a small business Go to the small guys. They're going to fight for your business.
0: I'll be honest with you. If somebody has anything that's less than 2% overall, because it's not just credit card fee, it's all the other fees that come around it.
2: Yeah, it's a settlement fee. There's this fee, that fee.
0: If you get it under 2%, please email me. I will sell millions of dollars their way. In
2: Canada, we actually do have a very competitive open market. We are actually paying anywhere from 1.6 to 2.1. If I do Amex or Discover, it's 2.9, but outside of Amex and Discover, it's 1.6 to 2.1. And our average is 1.74 because I can see it with ConnectWise when we do the transaction authorized on that, pushes it back in. I know what my fees are. I know on average we're paying 1.74.
0: I actually have an Excel file that I've built where I put in the transactions and the amount. And I know overall, not just the credit card fee, but the overall cost. It's averaging about 2%. And that goes from the Cinetech side as well as the Greenlink side. It's 2%. I paid 10%.
2: (laughs) I don't believe you. Nah. (laughs) You're you're smarter than that. How's this? I'm going to make you 2% on your business. Put it through me.
0: Yeah. Well, don't don't put it through him because it's a foreign transaction fee put it through me
2: oh that's and true that's
1: true i'll be hit with
2: those
0: trends No, no i
2: i've got u.s accounts we're and good and
0: i'll even give you points <laughs> i'm all about the points
2: <laughs> that's a good point actually so on the inverse to the transactions that you charge customers we're talking about this before our recording today we leverage our credit cards to help supplement our income so one of the things that we potentially could do i'm not Admitting or denying we do this because you know there's tax implications. But sometimes we'll buy a gift card for someone and give them a bonus on it because it's out of rewards. We don't get taxed on it. The person we're giving it to, be it an employee or a customer, doesn't get taxed on it. That's
0: another podcast. Honestly, you're using your points in a bad way. Don't talk to me about points.
2: (laughs) It's incredible when you get one and a half to two percent of your revenue back in points, and you can apply to whatever you want.
0: I apply it to that great vacation my wife and I just had in Cozumel.
2: No, you didn't. IRS, you did not hear that. No,
0: there's nothing wrong with me doing that.
2: Up here in Canada, if we did that, I have to pay an income tax on it.
0: No, because it was on my personal credit card. It doesn't
2: matter. It's still taxable in Canada.
0: We love Canada. My next vacation that I'm planning, it's all on points. I'm not saying that I'm doing this, but if you use your credit cards or business credit cards to pay for all your business expenses, you're getting points on that. And you got the money anyway to pay it, pay the credit card. One, it gives you more credit worthiness. And second, it gets you the points. Craig, would you agree or disagree?
1: Since we're segueing, I'm taking my points and I'm going to Oktoberfest in Germany.
2: (laughs) As a business owner in this industry, I don't know about you guys, well, I do know about you guys. The three of us, we work our butts off we actually sacrifice a lot in our lives, personal and business. When you think about the amount of effort we put in, sometimes you wonder whether or not it's worth it. And then you get these perks. Why not take advantage of the perks? I agree. For example, today I'm drinking this really rare scotch called Antiquity Blue.
0: Oh,
2: look, look at this bottle, boys. Our listeners can't see this yet. That looks like a pro blue bottle. It does. It's called Antiquity Blue. It is a pro blue bottle. Look at the shape of that. It's got this weird angle like Craig's forehead. Only when I sit backwards. Ultra premium whiskey is what it's called. It's not a scotch. It's actually a blended whiskey. And it's blended with some scotch from Scotland and bourbons from the US and whiskeys from Canada. That's a lot of blend. It is. But you know something? I expected this to be grainy as hell, but it's actually really good. It's not bad. And it's not an expensive bottle. Up here, it's like $50, which will probably be like 25 for you guys after exchanging taxes. And it's a nice, easy drink. What are you guys drinking? Craig, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Yippie Kaye,
1: and I'm not going to end it. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> da, boop, beep. This is a blended rye whiskey from High West Distillers, and it's finished in vermouth and syrah barrels. This is batch number 11. I'm not a big rye guy. I like the picture and the name of the bottle. <laughs> it is sixty-five dollars. I like this whiskey. For me, for Rye, this is actually
0: really good. That's an expensive whiskey. Not in Craig's budget. Sixty-five dollars? Okay,
1: I got this one for sixty-three. Is that better? Well that's better. If you find this on the shelf, I recommend you pick up
2: one.
0: What are you drinking there, Myron? So I have a good buddy here in Texas. His name is Ramses. He's actually a listener. He sent me a picture the other night. He's a big Glenn fan. He told me that this was just as good than the Glenlivet that he drinks, and it's called Old... Pulteney. Pulteney. We'll make sure we spell it right on the description. Old Pulteney.
2: P U L T N E
0: Y. It's a 12-year single malt scotch, and it's good. It does taste like a Glenlivet without the burn at the end. It goes down very smoothly. Very surprised. And it was $36. Wow. So I can't go wrong with that.
1: That's a lot lower than $65. Although I like it. Take your price, double it, and then cut it in half. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw around some more numbers. Numbers, numbers. One of the benefits, I think, of taking credit cards is that some customers like it. And they like it
2: because they can use their cards and get their points. I was going to say full circle why I kind of brought up the points conversation is the same reason why we like points is the same reason they like points. And I met with one of our suppliers today, one of our big telco suppliers. About a year and a half ago, they stopped taking credit cards. He's like, you know, you used to pay in 15 days, and now you're paying in 45. What can we do to get that down, your DSO down? I said, you know what? Start taking my Amex again. Oh, well, we stopped taking credit cards. Oh, I know you did. They're the largest telco company in Canada. We do probably a few hundred grand a year in um business. Yeah, business. I'll tell you, it's not even because I care about the points. It's about my cash flow. I pay you on that because you invoice me on the first, you bill me on the 30th, you you take the money off my credit card on the 30th. I'm collecting in 45. I'm at negative 15 day cash flow. I can afford to pay you, no problem. But when you want it on the first, and you give me 38 terms, and I'm, I'm a negative 15 day cash flow, you're gonna get paid in 60, because that's just the way it works. Yeah, but you know this, and you know, I said, no, dude, start taking credit cards again, and we're gonna go back to the happy days. And yeah, there's the bonus on $400,000 that I'm getting myself $8,000 in points. I like that, but it's not a deal breaker for me. It's more about cash flow for me, you guys are totally dead on on this one. Customers like to pay by credit card because it's easy. They don't have to think about it and they get rewarded for it. So why wouldn't they? It's culture of habit, right?
0: Absolutely. And there's there's credit cards out there that give you double or triple points based on things that you pay that are technology-based. So all the payments to like Office 365 or hosting or anything, you know, internet provider, those things, you're going to get much more points. Let me tell you, it does pay for vacations.
2: Right. Why wouldn't
0: you want to do it? I want to go back to one thing, unless Craig's got something to say.
1: One of the I would point out is, even though if you guys are using credit cards to process payments for your company and get those points, is make sure you're also signed up for any other awards that you might be getting through different vendors. For instance, like Cisco, I got over half a half million points with them.
0: That's another podcast.
1: <laughs> okay, well, anyway, moving on from that, make sure that you pay off your credit card at the end of the
0: month each month. Yes. Be responsible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course. So it's all about the cash flow, right? You got to do it in a way you use your credit cards to finance your business in a cash flow positive way that you minimize interest and you minimize all your costs. Because credit cards are a fantastic vehicle to do that.
0: I want to talk about something that you mentioned, Joe. We're getting close to our ending time. You mentioned due on receipt on your invoices. This is important for people to understand you're not a bank. Don't be a bank. Don't give net terms. Forget it. Don't give net terms. We as a company on the MSP side, customers have to pay upfront first of the month. Back to the terms piece. What we do, and then I want to hear how you guys do it, is that on hardware sales, they got to pay upfront before they get the hardware. That's just the way we work. Credit card or ACH, gets processed and we get the money upfront because A, we're not a bank.
2: You know what the issue is? Is the marketplace. So how do you compete against with CDWs that do give that 30?
1: And the client. Most clients can't find the appropriate hardware and piece on their own without our expertise. And if they do go shopping with it, more power to them because when they need help the next time, I may not be apt to do it if they're not taking
2: heed and listening to my instructions because I am not Google for them. So here's the funny thing. I had one customer. We built the RFP for them. Municipality It was a very large tender. They had to tender because of the value of the deal. So we lost the deal for $180 for some company out of the opposite end of the country. If I tell you, it was less than 0.01% of the value. It was ridiculous. But because it's government, they have to go with the lowest bid. It skews. It is what it is. So the customer even went to the point that they said, okay, what do we need to do? They called Cisco and said, hey, is this legit and blah, blah, blah. And Cisco goes, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're a legit partner, it's fine, whatever, whatever. So we lost the business customer came back to me and said, listen, and and I will admit this is not normal. And I wish every customer was like this. I said, you probably put 10, 20 hours into this to help us build this RFP and to figure out what we needed. Bill us your rack rate. I'll approve the amount because you guys put the value into the deal, the pre-sales time, and you deserved it in the technical time. You figured our problem and you came up with the answer. He goes, it's stupid that the government doesn't get that. Sometimes there's value to be said that we can put a dollar value on the value you put in. Now the government, is going to pay for it because they're dumb. Now, that's not normal. I know most of our government customers don't do that, but I wish more would. But at the end of the day, there's something to be said about the value of your time. And your time is money. And your money is how fast you can turn it. And pulling full circle back to credit cards, most small businesses would prefer to do credit card purchases because of the fact that they get the points because they get all the benefits. If you can offer that to your customers, I'm telling you, Full stop, the way you're saying, Myron, if you said to a customer, okay, pay for it upfront, put it on credit card, and the business owner is thinking to himself, hey, or herself, I'm gonna get a percentage back in rewards, I don't have to pay it for 30 days. If this guy doesn't deliver, I call Visa, MasterCard, IMAX, whoever it is, Discover, and I tell them he didn't deliver, I put a stop payment on it, so what do I care? So it keeps everyone honest. It's almost like, yeah, it protects everyone and keeps everyone in like this escrow type service. The cost of doing that is so low, so low that if you're not doing that today, let me tell you something. Your competitors are and you're gonna lose business because of it.
0: Yeah, going back to that comment, that's a good sales point to bring out. Say, hey, if you put it on a credit card and I don't deliver, you obviously can go back to the credit card if it has to go that route. If somebody is questioning why to go to credit card, I never had that issue. They either say, here's a credit card or give me your wire information and I'll just wire it to you. Either way is good.
2: We've never had someone come back on us and tell us stop payment ever because it keeps us honest, keeps the customer honest, Keeps everyone on it.
1: All I was gonna say is because Joe lost that RFP, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Because whenever I see an RFP and I bid on it, I mark it up one dollar. Really? And I've won several on when I've marked it up one dollar. Why would you do that? Because I get the points.
0: Just to get the points. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the truth though. Let's say it's a hundred thousand dollar RFP and it's just sending equipment to them or licenses. I don't do any work. I just drop ship equipment and I collect 200,000 points. (laughs) Boom. Done. I'm sorry if if, if
1: my secret's out. (laughs) I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. I'm that guy.
0: (laughs) Those are the little secrets that credit cards will help you enhance and close business and get some vacation time on the side. When you're paying with points, you don't mind splurging.
1: Joe, you and I have a vacation on Saturday. Coming up.
2: That's different. I actually want to shut my phone off, be in a country where it doesn't work, and just drink some copious amounts of scotch on a beach looking at some fantastically beautiful sunsets.
1: Yeah, that's where he's going. That's where he's going, folks. Sunsets. Not sunrises because Joe doesn't get up before
0: sunrise. I'm wrapping this up. That's it. Kevin, take it away. Let everybody know.
1: That's all for this episode of IT
2: for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at itforwhiskey.com.
0: <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Please beep that out, please. <laughs>